how last week in episode eight, I had mentioned that we are running a race, but our race is not to finish ahead of anybody else's. Our race is literally to complete our race as best as we can. You know, we're all running a slightly different race and we have the same goal and same prize awaiting each of us. And that is to hear from our Lord and Savior, well done, you good and faithful servant. Now enter into my rest. And I'm really looking forward to that day. So the idea here is to finish strong with our life. We kind of begin with the end in mind. Okay. So hence the title of this podcast, which is Finish Strong. So with that being said, let me jump on in. All right, so finishing strong. The first verse I want to go to tonight is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. So Philippians 1, 6. So in the NLT, I'm reading from the NLT, the ESV, and the Amplified versions tonight for all, all the scripture passages. So in the NLT, in the NLT, it says, And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus, when Christ Jesus returns. So the key, the key on that passage right there that I want to highlight is continue his work until it is finally finished. Okay. So that was the uh, Philippians one chapter, chapter one, verse six out of the NLT. Now looking at it from the ESV, it says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So where the NLT says he will continue, it will continue, um, continue his work until it is finally finished on the day. The ESV says, bring it to completion. So there you got here continuing his work until it is finally finished and then bringing it to completion. And then the amplified version kind of combines the two, if you will. And it states this, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who is, who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. So here the amplified says, continue to perfect and complete. So which is it? Well, here's the, here's the deal with the Greek wording in this, the way that the, the way that the Greek is worded in this the word finish in the NLT is translated to completion. In the ESV, it's perfect and complete. And in the, in the Amplified, it's it's um, perfect and complete. I'm sorry. Yeah, perfect and complete. Completion in the ESV, finish in the NLT, perfect and complete in the Amplified. And perfect, or I'm sorry, and perfect, excuse me, I, I'm pronouncing it a little bit wrong here, in the New American Standard. So in Greek, the word means to fulfill further or completely. So to execute. It also means to terminate or undergo. So to perform, perfect, accomplish, and finish. The way this Greek word is worded in the Greek New Testament, it indicates a more intensive sense of accomplishing something. In other words, to accomplish it perfectly. The Amplified Bible here, once again, really captures the meaning very well when it says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. So this stuff that God has begun in our lives, the Lord will continually work in us and 
perfect and complete it throughout our lives. So I can remember um, when we compare, sorry, when we compare Philippians, I've got five pages of notes here because I didn't want to bring um, three different copies of the Bible into my studio here with me because um, it just, with the, all the equipment I have on my um, desk, it gets a little bit too much because I have a lot of equipment out here. So um, when we compare what Philippians 1, 6 says to running our race as Christians, okay, we should aim to run our race, our race in such a way that we intend to finish it strong. We run our race with the intent to finish it strong. I'm hoping none of us are near the end of our race, but even if you are, the idea is to finish our race very strong, okay? To run our race with the aim for perfection. You know, I remember being a drummer for some different worship teams throughout, throughout um, since I've been a Christian, okay? Most were somewhat relaxed. Um, the one I'm a part of right now is somewhat relaxed. Um, it's really a joy to be a part of any of them, but I'm really enjoying uh, what I'm doing right now. But a couple of them really aimed for a whole level of perfection that I had not experienced before. Okay. Two in particular come to mind. One was at Faith Assembly of God in Orlando, Florida, a church with thousands in attendance, including people who work for the Disney Corporation and the Universal Corporation. Okay. So the worship pastor at the time stated that there, quote, needs to be a standard of professionalism in all we do as musicians. He said, some of us put our best, our best effort and best foot forward when performing with the Walt Disney Company and Universal Studios, because you had people that either sang on the choir or played an instrument that played for Disney or Universal. And there were part of the recordings that went into these things. And he said, we should aim for that same standard here. And he insisted on it. The, the level of perfectionism or the level of um, professionalism he, in he, in he insisted on was really right there. Okay. The second example comes from Dr. Leo Day, who was the dean of who uh, a few years ago was the dean for the School of Church Music at Southwestern Seminary. So Dr. Day, uh, he told a large choir and orchestra, he goes, we are helping to usher people into the very throne room of God. And the way we play and sing needs to be conducive for that. Whether we are simply rehearsing or going live, the standard is the same. Nothing but excellence for our king. And I think the reason I say this is I think that same standard ought to affect our entire lives, not just one or two things we do. This is also important. It's also important that we do something well when we undertake something, not to do it halfway or half-heartedly. Okay. This includes work tasks and duties at work. And this is coming from somebody that has a full-time job that I, you know, when I undertake something for my college, I try to give it my all. When I undertake something because I'm studying for a doctor of education, when I undertake something in my doctoral degree, sometimes it takes me a little longer than some people to get stuff done because I'm trying to do it well. I'm trying to do it really well. I want to put my best foot forward into everything I'm doing because to me, it's as if I'm serving God himself. So I want, and I'm a reflection of the Lord because I'm, I'm his child. So I want to give my best foot forward in what I'm doing, even with this podcast. It took me a little bit to get set up tonight because I want the best scene for whatever. For, so like for Friday afternoon, I was in my home office and that room is really dark and gloomy looking. Well, this this um, studio I'm in right now is on my property. It used to be my shed. It still is, but it's, it's my recording studio for this. And I, I really, I, I've got things set up here really well. 
I like this. And, and it's because I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the Lord himself. Now, there's a lot to be remain remains to be seen about my Internet connection out here. But that's uh, between AMA Tectel and and um, yeah, whenever they get whenever they get their act together. So anyways, um, it includes volunteer efforts. It includes church projects or even family projects. So it, it, and when I was a pastor, I was really um, I had a struggle with this because I didn't want the church having the reputation church. I was serving, having the reputation of doing something halfway. I wanted them doing it to the best of their ability. When we did something, I really wanted us doing it well. And we had some members that were just, you know what, let's just give it a go. And if it doesn't come out well, we'll fix it, but we just need to go. And, and that was a little bit of a struggle because everything in me was like, no, we really need to do it well because of who we represent. So, and, and it's not just that it's every little thing we undertake do it well. This is part of running this race that finishes strong. Okay. So before athletes finish their competitions, um, strongly, they first have to condition themselves. So if you're looking at athletes and their physical training, athletes spend a lot of time doing several things, cardiovascular training. They have a proper diet and weight training. Those kind of go hand in hand, um, endurance training, team practice, and even fine-tuning their individual skills within their own craft or their own sport so that they can perform in top condition and give their best effort at each event. So for Christians, the comparison is very similar, and that's kind of where I want to go right now. So for Christians, cardiovascular for an athlete would be the equivalent for Christians, what I would think prayer. So much like cardio gets the blood pumping for our body, Prayer is kind of our spiritual cardio. So whether you're a prayer warrior, which by the way, any of us are capable of being, you don't have to be um, a genius or a super Christian to be a prayer warrior. Anybody can be a prayer warrior. My 15, four, soon to be 15, my 14 year old son, when he prays, he prays with such faith that it's matter of fact, he goes, I'm just going to pray for this to be better. And, and I know God's going to hear my prayer. Okay, so he could be considered a prayer warrior. Somebody that intercedes on a regular basis could be considered a prayer warrior. But anyways, any of us are capable of that. Okay, so whether you're a prayer warrior or a novice, it's important that we pray. You know, one person recently made the comment to me that he hasn't prayed very much. When I asked him why, he indicated that he forgot how. He didn't remember how. So I reminded him that all you have to do to start praying again or all you have to do to start praying at all is to simply to pray. It's, it's really no, there's no science involved. All you got to do is pray. Okay. And all it is, is since you, it's talking, is speaking to and speaking with God. So the only way to do it is just to do it. We talk to each other all day long. So we can also talk to God that same way. Okay. The same person also mentioned his own speech impediment. I click, quickly reminded him that God understands us no matter how we talk. If we stutter, God still understands. If we confuse our words, God still understands. If we get tongue-tied and can't come up with the right word, God knows our heart and can understand our heart and, and fully understands our heart. He understands us. He actually knows us better than ourselves, so we can take confidence that He knows our heart when we pray and He fully understands us. So prayer. So that's the cardio. Next, I looked at, I, I want to look at proper diet and weight training. 
So that's important for an athlete. Having a proper diet and proper weight training is important. I, I, equivocate, I equivocate that with God's word. So spending time in God's word is highly necessary. Okay. Um, never discount the meaning of regularly spending time in scripture. The Bible is actually one of the greatest gifts we have and that God's given us other than Jesus himself. So God's word is huge in our lives. So to highlight this, I'm going to use a scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And again, I'm reading first from the NLT, then the ESV, and then the Amplified. So the NLT says it like this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's the NLT. And I really like how it says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for all these things. The ESV says it like this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And here's the way the Amplified says it. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. What good is correction without restoration? If you've made an area an error in your life, God is all about restoring to obedience. So anyways, for correction of error and restoration restoration for to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Y'all, the Amplified Bible just really captures that passage. So just like diet, diets differ for people, okay? So that's, that's, that's our diets. So just like diets differ for different people, so does how somebody spends time in God's Word, okay? So for some, reading a large, large amount of works, a large amount, excuse me, reading a large amount of scripture works great for them. So, you know, many people try to read through the Bible an entire year. That does not work for me, to be honest. That doesn't work for me. Um, if I'm trying to read a large amount of scripture, I usually don't ingest it very well. Okay. It's, it's kind of like trying to drink water from a fire hydrant. I don't, I don't get very much out of it. Most of it's going to go everywhere except for inside. Okay. So for others, a slower pace is better. Still for others, a short passage or even one or two verses just really works best. Okay. So it depends on what works for you. So my preferred thing to do is to choose a book and systematically read my, read my way through that passage, you know, passage by pa read my way through the book, passage by passage until I complete it. So different passages vary in length, but if you average it all out, it averages out to about 30 verses or so a day. But it, again, it's, that's not a hard, steadfast rule. If I'm reading a passage that goes 60 to 80 verses long, then I'll do that. If the, there's times where the story goes for a chapter or two. That's, that's fine too, but do whatever works for you, but don't discount spending time in God's word. Okay. That's so necessary. And again, that's, that's like, um, proper diet and weight training. 
So that proper diet is some people are ready for the milk. Some people are ready for meat. Some people ready just for a little bit. Some people want to chew on a lot. Some people want the whole buffet. Okay. So it all depends, but it's all, it's also like weight training. So you, we, we go through this and it's an exercise. It's a discipline that you have to discipline yourself every day. So on days where you don't feel like getting into God's word, realize that it's, you have to discipline yourself to read that because the more you dig into God's word, the more you make this a regular practice in your life, the more our enemy is going to throw attacks at you to try to distract you. He is very crafty at doing that. He's been crafty at trying to usurp this podcast and different things that I've trying to do through in ministry throughout my entire time in ministry. Okay. So that's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, give me, get my place here. That's proper diet and weight training. So athletes also have this endurance training. Okay. And endurance training where I equivocate that to is, um, remaining unwavering or resolute or steadfast in our faith. Okay. So when I think of somebody that's, that's resolve is strong. I think of my wife, she is rock solid in her faith. Even when I faltered, my awesome wife never faltered. She remained steadfast. It's like she dug her feet in the dirt and said, no, I am not moving. This is it. I know what I believe and I'm not budging from what I believe. And y'all, she's awesome about that. She's awesome about a lot of things, but I really love that about her. So endurance training. So we all experience different trials, but our faith gives us hope in the trials and allows us to come out with victory. But we have to be unwavering or resolute in our faith, unswerving in our faith. Okay. So James chapter one, verses two through four, James one, two through four. And again, reading from the NLT, the ESV, then the Amplified. James 1, 2 through 4 says, um, Dear brothers and sisters in the NLT, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when you your endurance is fully developed, you will perfect it and perfecting you will I'm sorry you will be perfect and complete needing nothing let me re-say that because I really stuttered through that and I want to say this right dear brothers and sisters when you when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing so it's all about endurance. Just like an athlete with endurance training. Here's this same verse, same two verse, three verses in the ESV. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And then lastly, in the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Bible it says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let that endurance and sorry, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work 
so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. Endurance. We all face different trials. We all go through different circumstances, but being enduring in your faith. This is why all three versions of the Bible that I just read, you say, count it all joy when you face these trials of different kinds, because these trials are going to produce endurance in you. And this endurance is going to lead you to better and bigger things in in the faith. You want to finish strong, learn how to endure through all the circumstances, the good and the not so good. Endurance, be steadfast in your faith, much like an athlete that runs track has to endure. You know, I, I remember years ago, um, I'd forget the two football teams, but these this one team was just used to winning and it was college football. I love college football. I want to say it was one of them was Alabama and, and I don't remember who the other team was, but Alabama was just, they're always used to winning. They're, they're, that's what they are. They're, Alabama is a winning football team. No, I'm not really a Bama fan. I mean, I don't mind them. Um, but anyways, Bama was used to winning. I'm sorry. No, correct me. I, I'm sorry. It was Florida State University. Florida State University, way back in the day, they were, they were a powerhouse. But they were used to playing three quarters of football, not four. Because by the time the fourth quarter came, the, the starters took a back seat and the backup guys came out and finished the game for them. But they weren't used to fit playing all four quarters. Well, when it came to a very important game and they faced a very, very tough team, the athletes had to pray, had to play all four quarters. And man, the starters played all four quarters. By the time that fourth quarter came around, those guys were so winded, so tired, they nearly lost the game. Endurance matters. Endurance matters for athletes. Endurance matters for us as believers. We have to endure. When life starts throwing us all these different curveballs, and it surely will, we have to endure. It's very, very important that we endure. Another thing here, the last thing here is, um, oh, sorry. There's two other things I want to talk about. Um, first is team practice. So team practices, athletes usually have a team practice of some sort, unless it's an individual sport like golf or something like that. But usually if it's a team sport, there's a team practice. I equate this to being active, an active part of a local body of believers. Y'all, please, 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 please don't discount this or make it little of the importance of this. Take it from somebody that has been away from church. Y'all, I need to be active in a church body. It is so necessary to be active with like-minded believers. It is so necessary. So the passages I want to highlight for this is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. So again, the NLT says it like this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return, speaking about the Lord's return, is drawing near. The ESV says, and let us draw, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, the ESV puts a capital day, a capital D on the day drawing near, meaning the day of the Lord drawing near. And in the end, the um, Amplified says it like this. 
And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see a day, the day of Christ's return approaching. You know, being, the Bible is very clear in this passage. Don't neglect gathering you together with other believers, meeting together with other believers. So being part of a local church, whether that church meets in somebody's house, whether that church meets in an actual church building, whether the church meets in a downtown shop somewhere, whether it has to meet at an auditorium somewhere, um, wherever that church meets at, being part of a local body of believers means so much. I can't tell you how much my church family currently means to me. My church families that I've been part of in the past still mean a great deal to me. It helps you. It helps when you gather with other like-minded believers. It spurs you on in the faith. It provides you with meaningful, spiritually uplifting relationships. That, not that this will help you now, but it lasts for all of eternity. Oh man, I can't wait. There's some people that it's already passed and gone to heaven that, that I can't, many that I can't wait to see again, but some that have um, been instrumental in my faith that, man, I can't, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. And just that fellowship again in heaven, that's going to be awesome. But you know, it's not just about that. You might not realize this, but your presence also means more in the church than you may know it means more to other people as well. You never know how much a conversation, how much your personal testimony, your story, or circumstances that you have gone through, good or negative, can mean to somebody else. The littlest thing can mean something huge to somebody else. You matter. Each person in the church matters. And there is no such thing as an insignificant church or insignificant church members. This is huge. Please don't miss this. If you want to finish your faith strong, you can't do it alone. We're meant to be with other believers. And people say, well, I can, I can worship God from home. Yes, you can. But you're, not gonna, you're, you're missing so much by doing that. And, and I get nothing out of saying this other than, you know, there's people, that, there's people that go to my church right now that are part of our church family here in Clarendon, Texas, that, that I've not seen for one reason or another, that I, I've been missing. There's a family in particular right now that's pretty heavy on my heart that I've just not seen them. There's I don't know any circumstances causing them not to be there. I just I haven't seen them, and it's it it kind of bugs me because I miss my friends, I miss my brothers and sisters in the Lord. So your church family pe people in your church family miss you when you're not part of them. So the last thing I want to talk about is fine tuning. So athletes as part of their conditioning. They have to fine-tune their different things. So I can remember watching baseball really closely. I love baseball, okay? I can remember even hockey right now. I'm a public address. I'm one of the public address announcers for the Amarillo Wranglers. Um, it's a real blessing to be able to do that. But I will often see these athletes before the game, and some of them would be working on some fine-tuning skills. I, I will often come into their tunnel, and there's goalies doing some different exercises to help them get ready for these games. And all they're doing is fine tuning things. I can watch pitching coaches talk to baseball pitchers about 
how to position their arms and different things, position their body and get the most momentum out of what they're doing, the most for what they're doing. And, and all this is, is fine tuning. So much like an athlete needs to fine tune or hone his or her skills in their own sport. We also need this honing in and fine tuning as believers. And that comes from the Holy Spirit primarily. This involves us, <clears throat> excuse me, asking the Holy Spirit to examine us and bring to our attention anything or any, the things that are displeasing to God. You know, if something is grieving the Holy Spirit, we need to ask him to make that real to us, make that known to us. And when he does bring that stuff to our attention, it's equally important to yield to him. If he's telling you something's wrong, realize that he's God, you're not. He's right, I'm not. So when we yield to him, it's important we also confess that sin, ask for forgiveness, and turn from the sin. It's not just about asking for forgiveness if we don't turn from that sin. We have to turn from it. This is what fine-tuning does. Sometimes, getting toward the end here, sometimes fine-tuning also comes from a loving brother or sister in Christ. A true friend will often lovingly correct you from time to time. I shouldn't say often. From time to time, a true friend will lovingly correct you. It's not belittling if this is done out of love. And sometimes we don't always understand when this happens. This is where open communication comes in. And it's important before you react in anger to pray first. But when a, when a friend lovingly corrects you, pray about it. And if the Holy Spirit leads you to believe a correction is needed, yield to him and make the correction. But don't discount the um, relationship with the Holy Spirit in this. Much like, um, much like we have a closeness with the Father and the Son, we also need to have that same closeness with the Holy Spirit of God too. That's, that you, you can't discount this. Okay, so I said a lot, a lot in this episode, and, and, and I meant to, but I believe in order to finish strong, we have to aim to be strong the whole race. If we're running this race of life, and again, the aim of this race is not to finish ahead of somebody else. You're not running somebody else's race. You're running your race. The aim of this is to finish the race, but finish it strongly. But to do that, we have to be strong the whole race. We can't be weak the whole race and then just give it our best at the end. That's, that's, that, that's really not the best option for us. It's my prayer that some or all of this actually resonates with those of you that are listening. Um, I hope this episode has been an, a blessing and encouragement to you. Um, you guys, certainly, those of you that listen to this and support this, you, you certainly are a blessing to me. And um, So let me end this podcast, this episode, by... by um, having a short word of prayer and then we'll close out heavenly father thank you so much for this passage for this for this word you've given me uh, to share with others father if any of this has resonated with anybody tonight I, I pray that or as they listen to this i pray that they make this a matter of prayer in their lives father help us to be people that stick to you to run this race that you've put us on in such a way that's strong so that we finish strong. And Father, for anybody struggling tonight, there's a few families that I have in mind that I'm not going to mention on this. Meet those needs. I have a friend right now that's in, a, fam, a, fam, a friend and family that's out in Dallas, Texas right now 
um, with a situation, medical situation, Lord. And um, you know that need. You know that exactly who that family is. Some of those listening know who that family is. I'm lifting them up to you right now. And I'm thanking you for the awesome work you're doing in their lives. And I ask you these things in Jesus' name. So, finishing strong. It's not just about a one-time event. It's about continually doing things that honor the Lord and work in our lives. So, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I do appreciate your support. And um, I hope this is a rest of, I hope each of you have a blessed rest of the week and have a great night tonight. Thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you again on the next episode.